Hello and welcome to ATN World News. I'm Leah and it's good to be with you, the listener around the world today and the viewer around the world today. So used to doing radio and now we're doing Skype uh, videos today. I've got to say that I am very honored to have Steve Green with us, honestly. Uh, I am so, I'm really, I was so thrilled to hear that he was going to do this interview. Uh, you know his works, so many of his wonderful, uh, stunning works. He's actually had 18 number one songs. I think one of the best that you'll remember is People Need the Lord and God and God Alone. What what a voice. Uh, he was also nominated for four Grammys. He has seven, seven, count them, seven Dove Awards and inducted into the gospel uh, Music Association Hall of Fame. He's had 40 recordings and 30 plus million album solos. With that, I'd like to say good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Leah. Oh, it's just wonderful to have you with us today. And I wanted to make a statement. I was talking to Steve before the program, and I said, you know, all these awards, all this accomplishments, been to about 50 countries, and uh, all these major awards, this just doesn't fall in your lap. And uh, for people who are starting out in ministry or even music ministry, I've seen many talented people um, uh, in the industry, but they didn't really go anywhere with it. It takes dedication. Would you mind sharing a little bit on what causes this dedication, how you work with it? What about reaping the fields? Thanks, Steve. Uh, I'd have to say two two answers to your 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 comment. One is that it it really is God's grace. Uh, I am a very unlikely candidate to be doing what it is that he's given me to do. I was a missionary kid. I grew up in little small villages in northern Argentina. Um, came back to the States at age 18, very lost, a prodigal running away. And my story from that moment until now is that God is the one who has pursued me uh, when I didn't really know I needed to be rescued, he rescued me and gave me something to do. And I really think it was just to display the fact that he chooses the unlikely, um, that he wants to receive glory from our lives uh, so that it's not um, we who uh, shine, but he's the one who shines bright. And uh, as far as dedication, um, you know, I, it's true, at, at least the fact that I've, I've just done one thing. Um, I guess maybe that's because I'm not as talented as others who have a lot of options. Um, but I've just done one thing and tried to do it with all of my heart. And, um, and I'm sure that uh, the Lord um, has, has, has blessed some of that. But the real impetus and motivation behind whatever he's let me do is his strength his power his calling his enabling his help his encouragement his holding uh, so that at the end uh, there's only one hero to my story and it certainly isn't me it's him absolutely and that comes across and um, stunning voice I've got to ask did you have training you sound like you have a trained voice 
You know, I studied voice when I came back I, from the South America. I had no idea that I could sing, and I'm, I'm still not sure about it. Uh, but I entered college as a pre-law major and enrolled in the choir, and part of um, that process was in order to be in the choir, you had to take a class voice lesson. And so I studied voice for a year and a half, uh, and uh, I guess the rest of it is just, you know, trying to remember what I, what I was taught way back then. You know, Steve's very humble, but he has a stunning voice and quite a vibrato. You know, just go on YouTube and put in Steve, uh, put in the Billy Graham, because he did a fabulous uh, uh, rendition of his song, People Need the Lord. Uh, and that's one of my favorite uh, videos that's up on uh, YouTube that you can watch. 50 different countries, and I know that you have uh, a million different memories. Would you like to share one or two uh, of things that happened during one of your concerts? Boy, there's, there, there have been a lot. Uh, one of them was going back to the very town that I grew up in, in Argentina, a little town called Tartagal. Um, I was, lived there when I was five years old. Um, have really good memories. We lived in a very poor neighborhood, but I got to go back to that same town and have a concert, and never would have dreamed any of that up. Um, and uh, so our our concert was held in a local basketball arena uh, with a tin roof, and it was just packed, packed to the gills, and. Um, I had just started singing, maybe I'd been singing 15 minutes, and the skies opened up and it began to rain and it poured and there was a hailstorm and it was so loud, no one could hear me. And um, I tried to keep singing and I prayed and, and asked the Lord to, to stop the rain. Instead, it increased and it got so bad that it began to flood the venue and I had to stop singing and leave. And I had only done maybe 30 minutes of music. I hadn't even said what I wanted to say, uh, what I felt like God had given me to say, coming back to my little hometown. And um, didn't never finish the concert, walked out. Um, they took me in a car to the hotel. Uh, the rest of the people had to stay there for a couple hours while it just poured. And the next morning I left and never have been back. Uh, and I was really distraught about that. And then I got a letter from someone at the concert, and they said, you know, um, let me tell you really the purpose of your coming and what happened. Um, as you know, he, the, the gentleman said, your father worked with various indigenous groups. Well, those indigenous groups don't get along. Uh, there's a lot of racial tension between them. And yet they all came to your concert because of you. And because of your dad and what he did here. Now, they never would have gotten together, but they came together that night. And because of the storm, they couldn't leave. And so as soon as, you know, you brought them there, that was all your job was. God removed you. <laughs> and they stayed there for hours. And there were conversations that happened. And there were reconciliations that took place that wouldn't have happened any other way. So your purpose was really just to come and get them together. Well, I wish I would have known that in advance. It would have been much more comforting to me. <laughs> but it reminded me that uh, we may think we're doing one thing, but in God's economy, it may be something completely different. 
And uh, we're not indispensable. Uh, God can use bits and pieces of us. He can use parts of our lives that we don't think are that important. He can have me travel all the way someplace and never sing, and it still be exactly what he intends. So it's good to have a good big picture of the fact that I am uh, at the at the I serve at the the wish of my King, and whatever He wants to do with my life is is um, His His design. That's wonderful, and uh, that's a good lesson that you're laying down. Sometimes we try our best, we don't understand why things go a certain way, but we have to lean not to our own understanding, but we have to acknowledge God and even things that we can consider might be bad because inevitably it's going to be good uh, because God works all things to good for those who love him. And that's an amazing story about how the indigenous you know, groups got together, stayed, talked. That's awesome. I, I've always been curious. I like that picture of you in uh, Korea. Uh, that's an interesting place to go. I think you were standing by an outdoor vendors that was cooking really weird, odd things. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, can you share a little bit on your Korea adventure? Well, I've been there several times uh, to South Korea, and it's always been a very hospitable place. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some strange roadside vendors that sell you cooked worms or whatever and and kimchi which is a a favorite dish there but no matter where i've been uh yeah there's always um a real similarity which means people are people no matter where you go the same issues the same needs the same yearnings of the heart and the and the same remedy needs to be applied to every life which is uh, christ alone is the savior so uh, there's a real commonality uh, in, in all of uh, my travels that uh, deep down uh, we're the same. I, I agree with that. Um, I noticed that um, um, you tend to, to keep very uh, active, you know, uh, in, in the reaping of the harvest. Uh, what is your vision there? Do you feel well, we have a short time on earth, or you just feel passion in your heart, or what is it that motivates you, Steve? Um, so when Abraham received his call, uh, he was uh, in Haran, and he received a call to leave his family, leave his place as where he'd always been, and to go to some place that God didn't even tell him exactly where it was. It I'll show you where it is. And Hebrews tells us he never got there because really what Abraham was looking for was a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Which means all along from Abraham to today, uh, we are sojourners. Uh, this isn't really completely home. This is where... Uh, First Peter reminds his readers that they are aliens and strangers on earth. And that's us. Um, so we are commissioned um, to be obedient to our king, right? So Abraham responded immediately, said he, the very next verse after that call is he, he, he got up and he went. Um, and all along the way, Abraham worshipped. He was a worshiper. And he was also an evangelist, which means that he 
uh, proclaimed the news uh, of this God who had called him uh, to those around him. And, and it's the same for us today. You know, we're, our, our call is to uh, keep in step with uh, our king and what he has called us to, um, to live the life of worshipers. That means to uh, continue looking to him, um, to remember that this really isn't home. Um, you know, Abraham lived in one particular location for 60 years and at the end of it, he said uh, he he just sojourned among them, which means even though he was living in one spot, he recognized that he was a wayfarer. He was he was a journeyman. He was a pilgrim. And we are the same. We tend to put our roots down um, pretty deeply here, but uh, we we shouldn't. Uh, our main calling uh, then is to be proclaimers of the gospel. Um, is the time short? I don't know. Um, you know, everyone in Jesus' day thought it was eminent. Uh, it could be. Uh, we don't know for sure. But for all of us, we have the same timetable. That means until the return of our king, uh, we are to live uh, as if it could be tomorrow, uh, plan and work as if it might not be 100 years from now. So we still build churches, we build schools, we do all those things. Um, but we are proclaimers of the gospel. Amen. I agree with everything you just said. It is so biblical. Uh, I know that uh, I think you have a new album coming out called Whole Fast. Can you share? It already came out. Um, it's it's on our website, stevegreenministries.org. Um, yeah, it's a compilation of the first part of it is called the Hallel, uh, which our Psalms 113, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, but we only did the first um, four of them, uh, put to music. And so it's just scripture put to music. And then a collection of songs after that, uh, some of which I wrote, uh, some of which I wrote with friends. Um, but the theme, Hold Fast, um, is to hold fast in, in, in a day when uh, there's much gospel, when Christianity isn't just viewed with indifference, it's, it's viewed with hostility, and when it's possible that even the hearts of many who proclaim to know Christ are growing cold, uh, we have to hold fast to our faith. And our faith isn't just this whimsical belief in a higher power, our faith is rooted in the living and enduring Word of God. So faith always has to have an object. It isn't just a feeling. It's an object. Our faith is only as certain as its foundation. And our foundation is the Word of God and who He has revealed Himself to be, who we know Christ to be, what we know, uh, who we know we are because of, of what Scripture says. So holding fast to the things that are true in very uncertain times. That's the message for today, Steve. I mean, in this generation, it is, uh, honestly, <clears throat> it's become mind-boggling um, when persecution has increased so much everywhere uh, for Christians that we are to stand firm. Uh, this is, um, uh, Holy Spirit really came upon you mm -hmm. uh, to do this album. Uh, I see this as his ultimate will uh, for his followers, an ultimate message for today. And um, uh, people, you can go to Steve Green's uh, website. I think it's stevegreen.org. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, uh, he's got several albums you can check out and purchase. And uh, just uh, go into your search engine and look at some of the um, videos and the songs. He has a stunning voice that God has blessed him with. And uh, we've just been blessed down throughout the years with Steve. He just uh, exudes such quality and has such a missionary heart. Steve, I know your schedule is so busy, and I want to thank you again for taking the time to be with us and speaking to our audience today. Thank you. Happy to do so. God bless you. Until next time, I'm Leah reminding you that God loves you.